circle of Wabam. We bought a circle. It's the circle of mics. We bought a king and the kingdom. And it pods us all. Everything the light touches is yours. What about that place in the shadows? Never go there. Tarzan. Welcome jungle themed. to We Bought a Mic. A circle of mics. Yeah, we are in we're actually in a straight line. Just yeah. like butt to butt. Yeah. Right now. Uh, uh the 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 circle of mics till it pods us all. Um we're here to talk about Disney's The Lion King. I'm Ernest Calderon. I am Hunter Mobley. And I am here for it. Drubles. Drew. I'm Drew. You're yeah. back. I'm I'm also not hey. entirely here for it. Hey, welcome back. We miss you. What's poppin'? I'm here. Uh my voice has a gravelly baritone, which will unfortunately go away with time. About three or four days ago I literally could not say a word. It was it was insane. It was embarrassing. Like well, I mean, that's what happens when you just disappear for a long period of time. Yeah. We didn't even know if you were okay. If I don't if I don't pod, I get s- sick. I get yeah. withdrawals. I mean, this is this is my heroin. Yeah. All right. And the heroin that I do is my heroin. Thanks yeah. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, folks, to uh this episode. I have a feeling that this might be one of the shortest uh reviews we do cuz there's not a lot to say. It's The Lion King. It's the Lion King. Yeah, I was gonna say how I mean, Lion King is the Lion King. I feel like we like don't even need a spoiler section because it's the Lion King. Guess what? The story it's the same as the 1994 story of the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen it, if you've seen it, <laughs> I, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's pretty. Good. I'm pretty sure that in my theater there were some grown adults that hadn't seen the original. I mean, I believe it. I I mean, there are plenty of people who just like it. it I didn't have it for whatever reason. Like I had a lot of Disney movies as a kid, but I never had the Lion King, but obviously I still saw it 20 times because everyone else had it. Um, they're probably, you know, the Amish. They haven't seen it. The they, Lion King. The Amish probably thought they, this movie was real. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I'm terrified and we're never leaving. Yeah. The Mennonites are like, yo, the animals talk in Africa. Are those animatronics? <laughs> yeah. Did they build real lions? <laughs> The the original movie, which I just rewatched last week and is still a fucking masterpiece. It's a banger. It was my favorite movie as a kid. I watched it more times than I could possibly count. And revisiting it now as an adult, there were like certain scenes that I just like I could kind of recite how they were going to play out because they are like burned into my brain from rewatching it countlessly. Mm-hmm. So there's just stretches of that movie that I just know by heart. I know exactly every frame of everything that plays out. It's a movie that's full of expression and color and vibrance and and character in 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 the animation and everything about it. It, it yeah, it is full of life. And, and this new one is not <laughs> at all. And this new one, it's not a bad movie. It's competently made, but it made me feel uh aggravated uh it actually it made me feel exhilarated a couple times but that's mostly just because of things that it did exactly the same beat for beat as that first one that original one 
but for the most part this movie made me feel bored that's the 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 kind of through line you know there were moments of of real like oh i hate this there were moments of like wow this is great but overall i was just kind of waiting for it to yeah. end because i was bored oh and also uh speaking this has been said by a lot of people but speaking to how amazing that original lion king movie looks uh there's that whole anecdote about how the animators behind that movie were disney's like b team it was like their worst animators well because they had uh pocahontas coming yeah they out had the next yeah year. they had all their best uh like technically best animators on pocahontas and if you do watch it you know there are freeze frames people have found of like real like big mistakes in the lion king but they were more experimental with it. They were more colorful. This is like, it's one of the best looking uh, 2D animated cartoons ever. Like, it's just beautiful to look at. So much fun. Uh, and then they made it in 3D, and it's even more uh, better good. And we The all... graphics are great. Kids will love it. I, so kids kids I... like it when it's real. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 we're kind of in agreement here that it was... I can't even say a disappointment because my expectations were kind of low, but still a little bit disappointed me based on this cast. Um, of course, they sold the cast everywhere. It's like, look at all of these A-listers that we have in this thing. Turns out that acting and voice acting is a very different thing from each other. And whenever you add singing in, doesn't matter if you uh, host uh, last week tonight, doesn't make you a good singer. Um, and that goes Who for a few different people. Yeah, yeah I think Who the host of last week tonight was in there. I, uh, Oliver John. Yeah, John Oliver. Um, I did yeah. think uh, Billy Eichner did a great job. So with I, that's what I wanted to say. So I've been making a list um, of who was a plus and who was a minus uh, for the cast. Billy Eichner, biggest winner of this. He, he is the biggest plus in the movie. He stole the movie at certain He's points. He's so he good. Was, yeah. And I and I know so much. you you did say you're lower on Seth Rogen. So, yes, I'm not, I'm not. I think that they them together was beautiful. I love their chemistry. Rogen's singing is bad. Yeah, yeah no, but so I just that's, don't care. So that's the thing for me. Uh, they had good chemistry. That's a positive. Um, Seth Rogen's singing uh, when I was a young warthog um, was like almost pierced my ears. It was so bad. So it was negative. So he's kind of just a wash for me. Okay. I like some things. Here's, hated some other here's, things. Here's the counter to that. A lot more fart jokes with <laughs> Seth Rogen. Okay. Well, that wasn't because of Seth Rogen. <laughs> you he, know he wasn't like, added, oh, what if I fart? Like, no, but you know they probably added that in, like added one or two extra fart jokes in there because they're like, well, we got Seth Rogen. He's the funny maybe. fat fart guy. But he, Well, here's the, here's the counter to him being uh, a wash is if you look at a list of like fat – uh, vo- you know, fat voice actors slash funny people who can sing. Your your short list is going to be like James Corden and Josh Gad. Like you don't like. I would. I'd much, rather take Gad over Corden. I would. Yeah. I would a million times rather take a guy who's actually funny over any of them. Well, okay. So I have two. Well, okay. So before I get to those, to the total negatives for me, um, John Oliver was solid. Um, Zazu. Zazu, he's yeah. playing himself, basically delivering news in yeah. an expedited fashion. Literally, just playing John Oliver. Yeah, he went on this whole twenty-minute thing about why the flat tax is stupid and favors the rich. Yeah, I, at one point, <laughs> I feel like they wrote that for him. <laughs> what What did you guys think about Donald Glover, our guy, um, our champion, Donald Glover? Fine. I mean, just yeah, totally fine. Really, just not super notable, I guess. Like by the time that when Donald Glover comes in is 
prime Timon and Pumbaa territory. At that point, for me, they're carrying the movie. So yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because this is something that I've been thinking, I've been sitting on, and then uh, I Sean Fennessy actually voiced this of The Ringer. Um, but it was something that I had the same thought where you don't really notice it in the classic 1994 animated movie, uh, but the plot of The Lion King is very thinly drawn. Extremely thinly drawn. It's literally... Simba is kid. He's like a prince, basically. He's got evil uncle, kills his dad. He goes off on this journey to growing up, which you don't see. And then he comes back, takes over pride, kills his evil uncle, and then that's the end of the movie. That's all of the Lion King right there. And the thinly drawn plot really was on full display for me with this. Like, you pointed out that you were bored. I was kind of bored, too, because... It's not like there's a lot of character depth anyways, especially whenever we reach the adult characters, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's the same thing from the old movie. Like, the original yeah, doesn't the have, kids. the kids is more interesting than the adults, but it just really became apparent when it's 30 extra minutes of them, of lions just, like, pacing around instead I of in colorful. Some of, the, <laughs> some of the padding I thought was actually some of the best parts of the movie. Like, there's a scene where... Uh, Simba's like hair tough. Oh, okay, like, I'm glad you said that. Floats through the wind and goes. My favorite through this. part of the entire movie. It's yeah. like the movie chooses these things to pad out the runtime, where in some instances is not great, but in other instances is like, wow, I yeah. wish the whole movie had more of this yeah, kind of that, like hyper a Disney nature feel yeah, to it. Honestly, where, that may have been the most surprising moment of the whole thing for me was that little sequence because so it was much beautiful. Time on it. it was gorgeous. It's so, like, and that's in the original Lion King. That's how Rafiki like realizes that Simba's alive and everything else like that. But in that, it's just like a, it's floating in the wind and then it yeah. just ends up at him. But watching the journey that this yeah. tuft of hair takes downwind is yeah. incredible. That was yeah, that's like the reel of the movie. It's, I, is a, a scene with no characters and a piece of hair flying. <laughs> that's like the best of the best of the movie. And we should say, I mean I don't like I have problems with the movie and with society as a whole that we're letting this happen, <laughs> that the Disney machine is just churning this out literally just for money and for no other creative reasons. But the VFX crew just yeah. killed it. Like it looks Look incredible. Real. Like it just it, it looks good. For, so good for the most part. Yeah, I think most of the movie looks great. A lot of it doesn't. OK, well, is... let's. Okay, so the the landscapes look awesome. Obviously, it's, yeah. like you you agree with that, right? Yeah, the thing that that really wowed me the most are when we're like zoomed in to like an insect, yeah, or uh, like a small little critter, um, things that are like uh, that we wouldn't otherwise see with our human eyes because our heads aren't plastered on the ground at all times, you know. <laughs> but other things like. I don't know the the there's a moment towards the end of the movie where we're back in Pride Rock and it's all grays and browns and the lions are gray and brown against the gray and brown background and I'm just like god damn well, it like yeah, this well, is Yeah, well they tried to recreate that scene from the original Lion King but it's just less colorful cuz it's not animated. It, exactly. It, like I was just thinking like this is painstakingly labored over by VFX artists and it just looks so well, boring. So yeah, bland. that's that's the issue. It is so 
realistic that it's not good. Like <laughs> because the the Pride Lands even before Scar ruins them, they look bleak. Like yeah. they don't it's just like grass and rocks that look a lot like grass and rocks. Yeah. Like that's It look well they try to make it look like actually how Africa looks, which yeah. there's lots of Africa Sahara Pride Lands that is just kind of barren. Yeah, but then like you said the plot is not super thick in this, which is not to, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it doesn't it's not a problem in the original because there's so much to look at it's overwhelming and it's a shorter movie yeah and and even think you know think about like mad max very thin plot fury road uh but it looks so incredible and is so well executed this there there were a lot of very sparse moments in terms of emotional stakes and what we're looking at like there were a lot of moments where it felt like they needed to do something. I was like what are you guys going to do right now? Yeah, I well I think that the best version of the Pride Lands is what we see in the opening Circle of Life number. Yeah. Like I really it looks loved fantastic. I like Going into this movie, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the dissenting opinion. I'm going to be like, guys, that was great. It was a fun time. I wanted to be like Harry after seeing Dumbo, where he's just like, this was fun. Um, Speaking of Harry, we have a voicemail from Harry. Yeah, Yeah. we'll be hearing from him later on. But the first opening scene, I was like, all right, this this is fun. Like, this isn't, it's not as good as the original. It's not going to be, but still, it's fun. But then we just have these slow moments. The only lion that actually shows expression in this movie is scar which takes me to uh my first of the two huge negatives i love chuetel Ejiofor. i think he is a very talented actor he also one cannot sing um be prepared is one of my favorite it's in like my top 25 disney songs ever love be prepared probably one of the best villain songs in the disney canon yeah, and they go like full like Nazi rally. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, 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 dude, it's with the terrifying. hyenas it's, like marching it's and singing. Truly terrifying. And this one, since he can't sing, he's doing like Christopher Walken in the Jungle Book talk singing. Um, he does which, hit some notes. Well, at he the has end of the a, song. he has a better intonation than Walken, where like he sounds like a guy who could sing. He just can't. He just can't sing. <laughs> but now? he has he just has a buttery voice, you know. Yeah, I I mean, to be fair, he was going up against Jeremy Irons, and Jeremy mm. Irons is a fucking legend He's a who singer. can do yeah. everything else and can also actually sing. I just really, I wanted more, although I did like that they make him, he's the only person you can tell, like, oh, he looks like he has eyebrows, so I can tell what he's feeling, where sometimes with Simba, they're yelling at each other, but then their faces aren't moving. And in with the face Nala, they too. Should. Na- okay. Well, so Beyonce. She Beyonce has like Nils five Carter. lines. So, <laughs> yeah, she really doesn't talk a lot. And when she does, I wouldn't say she makes the most of it. Um, she can't, Beyonce, I love you so much. You can do literally everything else, but you can't act. Not voice acting, at least. Um, she's I don't just think yelling it's necessarily lines. Beyonce. It's just that they didn't do anything with the character character to make it seem necessary for it to be Beyonce. Yeah, well, I mean, because Nala doesn't have anything exactly. anyways to do. Um, I... I want to spend a chunk of this after we talk about the movie just talking about the world of The Lion King because it'll make you go a little bit insane if you think about it. Um, but while still talking about the movie, it keeps going back to this whole thing where it's just like, oh, this is such a thin plot and there's no real characters anyways that whenever you have a cast like this, it just leads them being underused. The, I mean, Timon and Pumbaa really do carry the movie. Yeah, they – I mean – 
So they, yeah, Simba encounters them in, they live in the oasis. They were the oasis of the movie. Yeah. Like, genuinely, they were my wonder wall. A lot of laughs. laughs. They, they, like, I'm dead, like, I was, I was really getting tired of the, the whole vibe of the movie. It was just such, like, an orange, sunny movie. Like you said, not a lot of contrast, which is what real life looks like, but not what good things look like. You're allowed to fuck with the light filters. It doesn't, we, we don't. You know, it doesn't. We you can just like always be sunrise or sunset, and we wouldn't really think about it. Almost, it. <laughs> it, I almost feel like they saw the original Lion King, and they're like, "This looks great. Let's not do that. <laughs> Let's well, do something completely well, different." But I mean, you guys said about how experimental the first one is. Like, whenever they sing, "I just can't wait to be king," it's so colorful at the oh, water it's, hole, it's and so good. It's trippy with like some of the imagery and stuff like that. But since they're working with real things. They're just like running around a bunch of zebras and stuff. And yeah. Like there's only so yeah. much you can well, do with that. Well, yeah, that that was my issue because it wasn't just Timon and Pumbaa that that saved the whole middle of the movie. It was the oasis. They enter a g- luscious green, like almost borderline fantastical landscape. Uh, so just the frame was just filled with more things. Period. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't just looking at a big rock. We were, like, <laughs> like there were there was a lot going yeah, on. A lot of critters. Yeah, and that bugs that and whole stuff. sequence. Like I for about a half hour, I, I liked it. Like I was fully like, oh, I like this part of the movie. I enjoyed it because we're laughing a lot more and we're getting the visuals that I wanted versus the ones that I thought I was gonna get. Um, however, that's not the whole movie. That yeah. that be, is the issue. Uh, it's just, I don't, I don't remember the time allocation of the first one, but it seems like Simba like is less of the focus of this one. Is that? Well, in terms of like the moment where we switch to adult Simba, that happens at about the hour mark of this new one. And in the old one, it was maybe like the 30, 40 minute mark. Cause it, you know, it's a shorter movie obviously. So in this new one, it's like, there's a full hours worth of movie before we get to this timon and pumbaa bit and you feel it i felt it yeah i I agree with that um also another thing i going back to billy eichner a little bit whenever they do their performance of hakuna matata um which i'd say is probably their best version of a song that they recreated even though i don't think i think it's not nearly as good Um, it's fine all the songs are fine yeah they're just whatever um dude beyonce's original song uh Again, Spirit, fine. It's freedom, I, whatever she's it, yelling. Look up the music video that she made for that, which is better than this whole movie. Yeah, yeah better than is. the movie. Um, <laughs> no, but I love uh, whenever we have the halfway mark, three quarters mark of that song, and it transitions to Donald Glover singing, and then they're just like trotting along into the forest, and uh, you know Donald Glover is doing his full like awaken my love thing yeah. with his. Uh, ah! Oh, that was funny. And there's rocking out and Billy Agner's like, oh God, now he's he's Yeah, he's riffing. He's riffing. riffing. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's that was nice. the best laugh that I had in this. I mean Billy Eichner has a lot Un- of little little bits like that throughout. Unfortunately, um the next time that we see them is in the worst scene of the movie, which is them doing uh The Lion Sleeps Tonight. <laughs> Why was that? Oh, added I liked in there? it. I thought it was fun. I hated it. I, I despised it. I'm like, you have the Lion King. You have so many good songs. Mm. Why is this added in here? I would say probably because they didn't want to start a song and then like make it just a joke. Because they the song is not the point of it. That whole sequence is a joke. You know, it ends like... A but it's like two and a half minutes of a setup to a joke. I, I really think it was like 45 seconds. It felt like two and a half <laughs> minutes to me. Like, well, that, that's what I would guess because, I mean, in general, 
you're right that these singers are just worse than the original Lion King, but I would guess that John Favreau got a lot of a lot of negative feedback about the Jungle Book's treatment of music because it's sacrilegious. Like, if you guys cared about the Jungle Book like you do about Lion King, you would be filled with a lot more hate for the Jungle Book. They just throw away the music or they make someone talk it. All of it. Like, so, it's bad. I'm glad that you uh, – this is the first time we're bringing up Johnny Fav, and I want to talk about him for a little bit because – he is uh, low key like one of the most influential players in Hollywood right now. You know, he's he, getting inducted into like the Disney Circle of Honor. Yeah, at he's, D23. He started was, the MCU. Yeah, he's uh, he's like Happy Hogan in like now the Spider Man franchise. He was the Iron Man. Franchise. He launched Vince Vaughn's career. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he made Elf. Yeah, uh, all time cl- Christmas classic. He has Chef Show on Netflix. So uh-huh. all the heavy hitters. I was I was going to posit this question, to you guys: Is he a top five most influential filmmaker? Period that we have well, right now. We, there's yes. going to be another. I, not not best, but like most as far influential. as influential goes, I, he made Iron Man is the most important movie of the 21st century. And he's he's there's another benchmark coming with this Mandalorian, <laughs> the Star Wars Mandalorian show on Disney yeah. Plus that he's show running. And writing and directing, I think. I don't know. We'll see uh, what his full involvement is. But he's a, he has a heavy hand in that. And not only did they give him uh, Jungle Book, but now he directed The Lion King. And I'm thinking a lot about like what sort of his process was in this. Because <laughs> The Jungle Book um, is not a movie that has as much like attachment as the Lion King. Well, yeah, King goes. to to the demographic that you want to get in the movie. Yeah, theater. the yeah. Lion King, like there was a lot more riding on this one than than the Lion or than the Jungle Book, and I think that to him perhaps that added the pressure to not deviate as much from the source material. I agree because he probably thought like if I if I go off the 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 rails on this and do my own thing people are gonna fucking crucify me and i totally see why he went down this route of like remaking the the og movie shot for shot like this movie rarely deviates from that original movie and i i I understand why he did it but like it sucks that it is that because I was just sitting in the theater just waiting for each beat to come. Yeah. And I was like, okay, here we go. And they're going to do this part. Oh, uh, yep, they did it. And here's the next part. All right. Okay. And the next well, and leads- the next. And I just like there was nothing about this movie that made me feel like I was seeing anything special. Well, no, and it because sucks it's- because like they put so much work into it. It's creatively bankrupt. That's the route that we're going down with Disney is that we are literally just – we have the same three stories that are a mix of Shakespeare and the Bible and that already made up like all these other Disney franchises. And we're like, well, we've done, we've had it with the, the Mulan skin on it and we've had it with the Lion King skin on it and we can't come up with any other ideas. So we're just going to recreate those, but then we'll put a twist on it where now it's photorealistic. It's, it's creatively bankrupt. But if anything, what Favreau did with this was innovate the technology that these movies get made with. I think maybe that was, well, yeah, one of the biggest things this going into it. This movie has a cinematographer. It. It's an animated movie as Caleb Deschanel as a cinematographer. Yeah, because yeah, they, they shot it. Happen. They shot it in virtual reality yes. environments that they could play yeah. around with this and is, shift yeah. the the what they were shooting. Yeah, so it is a big deal, like what they've accomplished here. But 
leading to your point, because it's so similar to the original, the ultimate question that we were we were already grappling with this issue before, well before it came out. D- does this movie justify its own existence? And I think, even though I'm probably, no, yeah, the thing is, I'm higher on it than you guys probably. I liked it more than I thought I would, but at the end of the day, it does not justify the the money spent, the time spent, the sweat, the tears of all these people. Even someone like Donald Glover, he was probably in the booth for what, like three weeks? That's three weeks of Donald Glover's prime. Like, yeah. <laughs> they all could have been doing something better. Everybody. Well, at least they made a ton of money off of it. You know, at least you have people like Eric Andre, you know, uh-huh. in this cast that are just not a, not the funniest bit he had with Keegan Michael Key. It got a couple laughs out of me. The no, little give solid. me a little spin. It, yeah, it's it just really. um the thing is the original hyenas are more funny than Keegan Michael Key and well, Eric Andre. Yeah, isn't Whoopi Goldberg one yeah. of them? Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg yeah. is the well, the main badass. I think one. the issue was like I don't know if they didn't let him or he didn't want to, but they didn't let Eric go nuts at all. Like no. he was very subdued, and that's what yeah. surprised me. Well, and the hyenas the, are crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> and he was playing the one who's like. Uh, like mildly like mentally disabled hyena yeah he was the like, crazy what he was one doing. like it, i expected him to go off the rails and he never does yeah and i they I, go more crazy in the original one yeah and that's like kind of everything in this movie every aspect of it is has already been done better by yeah, the night that's one. that's ultimately the problem it just there so much was put into this so much labor and resources and it is worse in i would say probably every way Except for those little tiny moments in the the margins. Yeah. The (laughs) moments where, like, we pull away from the story and we see, like, a little chameleon uh, uh, flick his tongue and eat a bug. How do you feel about how did the bugs look for you? Did they look delicious? Oh, the yummy bugs. Ernest, you threw down the gauntlet. You were like, I'm out on this. Upon revisiting the original one, they look scrumptious as hell in that it was the original ratatouille where you're like i just want to eat all of this and in this one like that scene where they overturn the trunk and they see them i was like okay at least they nodded to that they acknowledged the fact that in the old one they look so good and they at least they didn't look like gross maggot disgusting bugs yeah, they I just mean, look they, they look, look like bugs right. but they're at least colorful enough that you're like mm, maybe yeah. that one has a taste of pineapple to it the I don't one know. that I... simba ate the caterpillar looking one i i could eat that you could talk me I into try, it yeah yeah uh i mean that there were i don't want to like put down the achievement here visually because there were plenty of moments where i was a little bit lost in the marvel of it like like I said, particularly the Oasis scenes where we were actually looking at interesting things, they it kind of it blew me away a few times, but that's not enough to make a movie to blow you away visually a few times. It, I, I just think that they just kind of ran into a dilemma where they're trying to make this photo realistic. So, I mean, the songs are they're slower tempo than normal because they're shooting him to the beat of a lion walking <laughs> versus like this lion prancing around and doing all this crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, like walking on two legs. <laughs> yeah, like they can't do that if they're trying to make this photo realistic. I wanted so yeah, I wanted they, to say that too. They that's what makes the songs not as good, not as poppy and energetic. Um and just in general they have to make this look like a real world so it takes kind of the extravagance that's yeah. in the original there movie is a, out of it. There is a, a massive and it depends on the your mileage varies on the characters but there is a massive disconnect between the animal that you're see, seeing and the voice that you're hearing. Like for the most part 
they don't match at yeah. all. There's a, a couple of instances where they do match, and I think it's mostly with Timon and Pumbaa. Um, but with Simba and Nala and um, even Zazu, like there was, I was hearing the voice, and I could tell that they were putting in a solid performance. But I wasn't seeing it yeah. on the screen. Well, here's here's because I'm just looking at a fucking lion. Yeah, here's a challenge to Johnny Favs. If you really want to go realistic, you make them make animal noises and you fucking subtitle it. Okay, I'm make here a for Disney this. nature documentary. Yeah, no dialogue. You just record. Voiceover. Yeah, you take a boom mic to the fucking Sahara and you record a lion, and that's the movie. <laughs> or or you tell a silent story that's all visual and there's no words yeah well it's just like you said there's a, there was a disconnect between their words and uh like the movement of the mouse and everything but even bigger than that relating to what you were saying hunter there's such a disconnect between going for photorealism and then having animals break out into song yeah <laughs> that is it doesn't work there's a gulf between those two ideas they don't exist in the same movie to me yeah you know when what it's I mean? a cartoon you don't even think about that yeah. it just clicks yeah of course because anything can happen to me, the entire point of animation is that you're not constrained by reality. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that they're pushing technology forward and seeing how real it can get. But that is not the point of the medium. Maybe the point of something like this, and maybe we'd have to interview like an eight-year-old. But <laughs> maybe the point of this is to have them care about nature in our world and seeing a photorealistic <sighs> Uh, You're world giving way too animals much credit to, to Disney. We'll Corp. give them. We'll give them. Like maybe a child will see this movie and uh, compare to them seeing the '94 one, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, these animals are beautiful, yeah, and we're killing Earth. them, and we're destroying the planet." That's I a care that about is a positive. That's an optimistic outlook. Yeah, and I think that that's extremely unlikely yes. outlook. Um, I did want to say uh, to that point of that just what this. What this means for the future of this whole animation field, that I am a little bit concerned. I mean, we're, of course, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the Oscars and stuff like that, but I am already wondering now if there's going to be a little bit of like uh, people sticking their nose up at this in the animation community. They're just <laughs> like, well, this isn't like hand drawn, this isn't real animation. You're trying to make an animated movie that's not animated. So, like, what does this mean for the future of that? As animated movies as a whole. I mean, there are some parts of this movie that look straight up real. Yeah. Like, it is insane. Yeah, it's just that there are movies that, like, can flawlessly combine the real with the fake. Like, Toy Story 4. We just saw it. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, toys that talk in that movie, but also they exist on Earth. And the human characters in that look like animated characters. They're not trying to look real. That's the marriage that I would be looking for. I don't need everything to be real. Like that movie proves that you can be photorealistic and have creative yeah. liberties at the same time. This, you can marry these ideas. This would have been the movie to try to put together photorealistic animals that emote and have character. Well, Lion uh, King walked so that cats could run. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what we what we want is cats. Um, okay, so I did before we move on uh, from this. I did just quickly want to talk now about the world of Lion King because I spent a lot of time thinking about it, just seeing it in real life, the re photorealistic version of it, and it made me reevaluate everything. For one, so there's like two dudes in this lion pack and then like 20 women. Yeah. How oh, yeah, there does aren't sex, any other male How lions. does sex work in this world? 
Uh, Does he just like Mufasa have, fucks everybody? He just fucks everybody, but then there's just like one special gal that he's like, now nah, this is the one who's gonna be a king. Yeah, I've ever heard of pimps. If there's, <laughs> if like. Is there like uh like a opposite of like China back in the day thing where that if a man a man lion is born they kill it if it's not with the right so it's like woman? HBO's The Deuce <laughs> except in the savannah the, yeah okay the African so savannah. that's that's point number one to Mulan number two how do they determine what animals have sentience in this world and what animals can well, talk think about this because if you're just like a bug or some of the birds most of the birds don't talk Zazu's lucky Zazu has some kind of sentience and form to his life what about his like ancestors before him that were just like prey that couldn't talk antelopes zebras cannot talk the termites that Timon is like oh look at this guy he's alive now he's not eats him he eats him that is that is a big question for me because uh, there is the whole circle of life spiel, which is very Ishmael. You guys read that book? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In high school. Uh, it's very like, you know, we're all part of the same or take what you need, but don't take anything else. At the same time, uh, an apex predator is in charge of a society where he like members of his rule are have to be murdered and eaten by him like that is a that is such a like yeah it's like all of and during the opening sequence all of these animals are coming to a rock to see a baby lion that will one day one day kill them kill them yeah exactly it's like it's like a murder in numbers beyond stalin like it's like (laughs) mao zedong level numbers of murder it's absolutely crazy. But the hyenas get the the good cut of the deal in this <laughs> because they buddy up with uh with Scar who's like, "Yo, I got you. You're part of my crew, so nobody's going to hunt you." Well, I mean, also like Mufasa's kind of a dick to hyenas. He like hyenas just need to eat more than a lot of other things. And he's and like, no. Nah. He's just like, no, get the fuck. Go back to the shadows, yeah. okay? He's like, "You guys are like handicapped." That, re- yeah, that like, reminds me. I don't I, I again I revisited the ninety four but one, but it didn't register with me like how kind of jarring it is to see a lion just like murder hyenas. Like just straight oh, up, yeah. Like, yeah, just grab them and then just I was like, oh my god, there's ch- there's children here. Yeah, when, when Scar is oh. eating that fucking animal and he's like, hey, come eat some, and his voice, <laughs> his face is covered in blood. Yeah, no, okay, so like, oh, I'm glad fuck. that you guys brought that up because I saw this movie and I got my ticket kind of late, so I was like more towards the front of the theater. I was in like the third row, um, and there was a lot of not just kids, but like there was like infants in this theater and. They cried multiple times throughout this thing because whenever you're making a movie photorealistic and you see just an animal just get like dying, just dying and king like dead animals the ripped out. The sequence when Simba and Nala get chased by the hyenas is like pretty scary. It's it, well, I mean, it's kind of scary in the original movie yeah. as a kid. It's kind of like anxiety inducing. Well, but yeah, I honestly like back to my point about the '94 one doing everything better. The elephant graveyard. In the '94 one, looks oh, so cool, yeah. so much like more the colorful. Giant elephant skull, yeah. and he's like, "I laugh in the face of danger." <laughs> well, that's and one, this one is just like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's one thing that you can do again better in like uh, non-realistic animation. You can uh, fuck with scale. Yeah, you know, you can make things as big as you want instead of like, well, elephants. The largest yeah. elephant ever was recorded at uh, seven feet in diameter. Like, <laughs> it's it. <laughs> The, did, you're playing a game that you don't I, have to play, is what I'm saying. We haven't shouted him out yet. Um, JD McCreary, who played young Simba, Great. I really liked him. Yeah. He was actually one of the best points of the entire movie. Funny little stinker. Um, he is most notably in Little earlier this year. Mm. He was on stage with Donald Glover at the Grammys. 
That's cool. He oh, performed that's a, come uh, up. a song with him. Um, I was going to mention the the infamous Mufasa death scene. Um, oh, before I mention that though, the one moment that actually like got me emotionally in this movie was when Simba and Mufasa are like tussling around together in the grass. That was great. And Simba's like. We're, you're my best friend. We're gonna be together oh. forever, right? I was like, I like teared up. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, oh my that's god. That's more effective in this <laughs> than the Mufasa death scene, like that whole yeah. thing that they have there. Also, um, so I have a theory that James Earl Jones, of course, reprising his role as Mufasa. I have a theory that Phoning he just it he showed up to the thing. It was just like, hey, so I just brought my script from '94. Yeah, is that good? and there's like, yeah, yeah, it's same lines. Just go, just yeah, read he's the like, exact a same lot. Thing. I mean, even Scar and there's a lot of the exact same like, lines and for so. A lot of Characters. The whole thing with Mufasa's death, shot for shot recreation, yeah. even into the camera moves, even in, yeah, exactly yeah. into the point where Simba realizes what's happening, and then the big swoop in on yeah. his face, like which didn't fit in this movie. No, it didn't no, <laughs> at all. No, there's because that's it was the like only, a Baz Luhrmann. That's shot. the only use of dynamic camera work yeah. in the entire movie, and it, it's no, in that spot. There's some. There's like a couple POV shots here and there. Yeah, like it when was just when Nala a... is like chasing to uh, Pumbaa through the jungle, yeah. there's some cool camera moves in there. Yeah, uh, like zooms in on. There's plenty space. that. There's a lot of like fake handheld in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know where? Yes. Yeah, like virtual handheld. Yeah, which I thought that was like a smart choice, I guess, because they're going for realism. But it is odd that it's like an action scene that's an animated movie and it's shaky cam a little bit, and you're like, why this? <laughs> this is so shaky cam is the worst yeah. part of any action sequence, and it's completely unnecessary in this movie. Real, it's all real quick, back to the stampede though. Uh, uh, they made uh, this uh okay so in the 94 version when scar uh throws mufasa off the cliff he doesn't i don't pretty sure he doesn't slash him across the face no he doesn't and no, in he this just, one he does he, yeah, and he it's bitch slapped i was like holy shit did they really need to add that huh yeah i, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool adding, yeah adding back to my whole thing with uh the idea of sentience in this world so a meerkat has awareness of his own life and can speak, but these wildebeests, which are more advanced mammals, are just like, ah, a big noise. <laughs> we gotta run. We gotta run. Like they should have. It should have been a chorus of like, oh fuck, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't understand like the rules of this world will break your mind if you think yeah. about it. Um I have I have a whole nother little thing to go off on, but before that I did I got this weird rambling voicemail from a uh, friend of the pod, Harry. I really I worry for his uh mental health after All watching right, the let's, Lion King. Let's hear what Harry has. Um, to yeah, say. I'm just gonna play it in full. Harry Sayer. Hey, we bought a mic crew. This is Harry Sayer. Uh, I'm a part-time guest host and full-time friend to all of you, and I just wanted to give uh, my quick 20-second thoughts on The Lion King, because uh, I don't have 20 minutes of thoughts on that movie or two minutes. It's, it's a bad movie, guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what you're going to talk about today on the podcast, but uh, it seems to be the kind of movie that negates or is actively against any kind of critical thought or analysis in the first place. It's it's aggressively boring. It's got nothing really to say or anything new to offer. Um, It's kind of the thing where I think Drew's on on about it in his fancy hypothesis where it's it's almost worse than a truly terrible movie because there is literally nothing to say about it. Yeah, we stand the the hyperbola. The parabola. Marginally more fun. Uh, Gumbo, I believe, is way more interesting than this. <laughs> okay. 
doesn't actually justify his existence. Uh, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner are great, and I think John Oliver is very solid. Uh, it kind of almost makes the rest of the movie feel even more sterile by comparison because there's just nothing going on that can attach 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 me or anyone else to that movie. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I don't know, man. That movie kind of gave me a half of that half of an existential crisis. Uh, I don't really know why I watched it. I don't really know why you watched it. I'm just running silent with the watch talking about it, or why I'm doing it either. It's just uh, just a bad, bad idea, a bad movie, and I think we're all worse off for watching it. So uh, have fun with it, and. Um, Akuna Matata. All right. All right. All Thanks, right. Harry. Wow. All right. So let's that. let's eviscerate all of his opinions because he's not here to yeah. defend himself. First no. of all, this movie is better than Dumbo. I mean, I'll say that. I think that they're they're marginally. But the thing is, to his point about the parabola, I think that this perfectly justifies the parabola in that it's better than Dumbo, but it's like Dumbo's a four and this is like a 5.5. Like, both of them are still, like, nearly unwatchable. Yeah. Even if, if it's better, if it's still If one's a four and one's a there. six, they're equally bad. Yeah, yeah, it's still not fun to watch. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Harry, I'm worried about you. <laughs> it sounds like this is really sent you down a spiral. Yeah, between Cats and Lion um, King 2019, we are in the the dark depths of movies right now well and one of i I think one of the best points in there is uh eichner and rogan are great like i really think that they absolutely nailed it uh but i couldn't say if they're better than the originals or not because they nathan lane is timon yeah yeah, nathan lane is a god first of all but also to be the only good part of an otherwise bad movie you look so much better Mm -hmm. than if you're like the best part of a good movie you know what i mean it's like yeah like Billy Eichner's Oscar campaign starts right now. I mean, if anything, that's like the main positive takeaway is like this was really big for his career. And he's a guy I've been following for a long time since Billy on the Street was on like the Internet still like Funny or Die or something. This he is genuinely like a stud. Yeah. Like, he's See, so I've been, good. I've been kind of mixed on Billy's career. Um, I like I still enjoy him and stuff like that. But whenever like I hated his character in Parks and Rec because yeah. he's just like playing the most dramatized version of himself, he, which they, I think yeah. is better whenever he can do something like this. I think he has a feature in voice acting, to be honest, because oh, yeah. he's the only person who actually struck me as somebody who knows the difference between acting and voice acting. Yeah. He's actually animated. Like, everything in animated movies, actors have to be over the top of their line delivery. You're not, you're delivering yeah. to the back of the audience whenever you're doing that, because you have to be so over the top because the animation is there. Yeah, it, People are reading this like they're performing in like fucking it's Roma almost, or yeah, something it's, it's like, like that. Like it's like mumblecore at points. It's, well, back to my point about the disconnect is that for me, there was no disconnect with Billy Eichner at all no. because of his voice performance. Yeah, and the, also the, he, the animation of the character is the most expressive too. Yeah, but yeah. even without that, like I wasn't, there was no disconnect happening for me because I was so enthralled by the vocal performance. Yeah. The, the disconnect was happening when I was just hearing uh, generic voice A and seeing generic animal B in front of me. Yeah, there's there wasn't personality. There mm-hmm. wasn't a fluid character. I will say, I think the best looking animal is Rafiki. Oh, he Rafiki looks, looks great, magnificent. Yeah. I, and uh, I will say again to the point about the fucking '94 movie being better. 
that it angered me a little bit that they didn't in in the 94 movie Rafiki like loses his fucking shit he get he is insane he goes crazy at one point he like gives Simba this really poignant lesson about like letting go of the past so, and he bonks him on no, the head we lost and- one of the, for a movie that used so many line for line uses we missed one of my favorite lines in all the Lion King where he bops him on the head and he's just like wow oh, what was that for and he's just like doesn't, doesn't matter. matter it's in the past that's mm. such a great and it's character line. development yeah. for Simba that is gone from this movie but we do get him grabbing the staff out of the depths of the tree of life and I was like uh, okay, so we haven't seen this staff at all in this movie, and he grabs it out of here, and he's like, ah, yes, my old friend. And that only works for people that know the original movie. Yeah, otherwise the- you're just like, I, what's he going to do with that? <laughs> yeah, <thing?" laughs> I think he beats up some hyenas with it. I, I think in general, the biggest takeaway that, that I can have is all of the problems that we are discussing with this movie, we already knew before there was a trailer, before there was anything, we already knew that these were going to be problems. Yeah. Yeah. We already knew there would be a problem with expressiveness and with the color palette and with the way that the characters move. Like, I knew that that was going to be very critical and there's no way to make it work. So like he said, this was kind of a failed idea from the st- like from the start no matter the fact that it was technically executed pretty well. Like, there was just no way to make this good, in my opinion. There is, I do, because brought up, we're, like, in the third act of the movie, I kind of hated some of, a lot of the stuff that they added in there, like, little moments. Like, I, so one thing I loved was, um, in the original movie, whenever Timon and Pumbaa have to be the, uh, um... The bait. The, the bait. Yeah. They, like, do some kind of... Uh, Hawaiian, yeah, hula stuff. In a, yeah. Um, I love the I love the setup to singing "Be Our Guest." That was great, and it reminded <laughs> yeah, me. It reminded me of a moment. Funny. It reminded me of a moment in the original movie where, um, um, uh, John Oliver is. Zazu. Zazu is stuck. He's being captured, and he's like, sing something upbeat, and he starts singing, it's a small world after <laughs> yeah. all. Like, Disney was already playing with itself and, like, being kind of meta and that thing, so I, yeah. I liked that addition. I hated the moment uh, when the they're having their big... Uh, revolution fight thing and then there was the moment of all of the women lions like the shot of them getting ready to take on it reminded me of that moment in Endgame where there's the still shot of all of the female superhero characters and it's like oh I get it I you didn't have to add that in there they're all into STEM power yeah (laughs) they all gotta take an interest (laughs) in science yeah knowledge just like actually I would marry you but I'm I got I'm gonna start up an nyu in the fall so i don't want to do anything long term (laughs) um yeah i i also i went through and i think the best way to divide my thoughts about this movie was like optimist brain and pessimist brain because i wanted to you know there are positives to highlight we've covered most of them but there are a few others just in general um it is good that a whole new generation of kids gets to see the lion king in theaters Mm -hmm. like that's pretty cool uh the ones in my theater seem to like it uh, here's another one that I think is really big in its favor. What, like, what did you guys really think of the trailers before The Lion King? 
Oh. I didn't get that many. Okay, I got, I got a lot. I got 25 minutes of trailers. I got, trailers, like, Frozen 2. And, and it all looked like the same movie. It was all, like, Angry Birds adjacent, so, like, animal movies. Angry Birds 2, we should say, um, and I blame Lego Movie for this, we were getting a Play Mobile the movie. Play Mobile the movie. Play Mobile. Oh, it was, like, yeah, so what? <laughs> I, I, like, let's say I got 10 trailers. I, like, I can't say that this is a good movie, but I can guarantee you that it's better than nine of those trailers I got. Like, this is, as, in the current landscape of children's movies, this is better than most, unfortunately. Uh, another thing is, we can't take away, obviously, that it is a visual achievement. It's just the fact that this isn't what the goal should be. It's it's an achievement, but it, it should not be the end point or the desired end point, you know? And that 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 gets on my nerves. Like, oh, we finally don't have to like make cartoons anymore well why but they're they're better like why don't we still do it yeah <laughs> yeah i just i this movie kind of i it's kind of funny because i thought that at least this would be better than aladdin i'd probably put this and aladdin like pretty much neck and neck where this is like more visually striking but aladdin's just more fun also will smith fucks in aladdin yeah, exactly nobody well, fucks in this movie well aladdin at least i didn't see it but it, it at least tried to deviate somewhat from the original yeah it did some things differently i mean this one it has like those tiny little moments that i mentioned that it does but they're so minimal that Ult- it, it yeah, doesn't ultimate, make ultimately they're it's the not, same they're not consequential and, in and this is yeah. and this is not like a hundred year old movie that no one remembers like Dumbo, you could you could fuck with it and it wouldn't be like too sacred, you know. Yeah. And they did fuck with it and it didn't turn out good anyway. But like with this movie, they like I said, it was a doomed premise because if you fuck with it, like everyone hates it. If you don't fuck with it, everyone's seen it before. Yeah. There's no. Win. I don't. I don't. I just don't get why. Like they were sitting down and they were like, okay, we're gonna remake all of our animated movies. And they they were like, okay, we got to do the Lion King. That one's got to be one of the first ones we do. That's got to be like the next one we dive into. Like, why? <laughs> what? No. Yeah, there's well, more. I mean, and we you have say, a masterpiece on your hands. Why would you? So, and wh- we should. I mean, this. It. There isn't really an end in sight for this either. Like, so next year we have Mulan, which I'm actually kind of excited for because we're getting back to real people. Also, Mulan is like a war movie, mm-hmm. which I think that'll be cool to see. And that it has what could well be the best single song in any uh, Disney movie. I, I don't know. I mean, I do love I'll Make a Man. Man. Do you think they'll do that song but, in 2019 well, or 2020? Oh, I don't, fuck. No way. I don't I don't <laughs> know if there's going to be music in that, which is a thing against it, is that they're trying to ride this line, and we'll see how the reception is over. I mean, this movie's going to make oodles and oodles of money, but we'll see how people feel about the music. You know, if it gets, like, the Spotify album gets a lot of plays or something it already like that. is it, it instantly shot to number one what the the uh the soundtrack or the beyonce one because they put out two they put out well the yeah the beyonce one yeah the they put curated, out the actual yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh i i did want to say though now that you brought up mulan it's like i i kind of want to put my foot down and this is off of harry's point about existential crisis about us you know watching this movie and talking about it. it's like i i really wanted to see this movie just because i hold the original so dear in my heart and i needed to see like what favreau was going to do with it even though i went in with huge huge apprehension i don't want to watch any of these anymore no. like, you don't want to see the, i was burned the woke, with dumbo the woke little mermaid what about, I was, what I was, about creepy pinocchio i was burned with dumbo <laughs> i didn't see aladdin i said i would see this one just because i love that first one so much but like this movie just didn't do anything for me 
it at some points like made me really angry that it existed because it was so actively mediocre in comparison. Yeah. And, and again, it's not a bad movie, but like I just don't feel the need to keep no supporting. I'm pretty this over shit. it. The thing is, we saw this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh it's you know, as of the middle of Sunday, it was at 180 million for the weekend. Jesus Domestic Christ. global, it's like a, approaching a billion. It'll probably hit a billion within the next Do week. Do we all have it at number two on our list? I think so. And yeah. it's gonna be Did anyone put Toy Story for? No. no? I, it's it, it's gonna end up being like it's if in a world without Endgame, this would be by far the biggest box office thing of the year. Um, but I, I'm kind of with you. I'm just out on this. I don't want to keep having to talk about something and see movies that I just don't, I don't care about. I'm not going to go see like Maleficent 2. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'll probably you check want, out if, Mulan if on Disney that, Plus. Like, Mulan seems like a great Disney Plus. Just put it on, you know? I mean, we'll see. I'm going to wait for reviews to come out and see how I feel about these things. But I just, I, I hate playing this game of just like, I know that I'm not going to like it. Yeah, it's, I, I think it seems that, like a waste. I I'll, will push up. I do think that this movie is kind of bad. Um, mm. I don't think that some it's, stretches I really do. De- I don't did think feel it's. I don't way. think it's truly terrible. But I mean, this is like, I would if I'm looking at this uh, scale from one through five, I'd probably put this below a five. I think. I think that it's. I it's below. You mean one through ten or one through ten? Yeah. yeah. So I, I would put it. Yeah, that's exactly where I'd I'm probably at. Like, at like, like a, a four, like a five. 4.5. So yeah. here's – do you know when, like, like for example, last year, think about the Orlando Magic. They made the playoffs, and everyone knew that they weren't going to make it farther than that, but that was, like, a 10 of a season for that team. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about this movie. Like, I, there was no vision in my head of this movie being anything above a 7. I was like, at max, if they do everything perfect, this is a 7. So to be a 5 mean that's, means that technically they did a good job with an absolutely doomed idea that sucked in the beginning. Yeah. But in that case, wouldn't it have just been better if they would have just tanked this movie? <laughs> Tank, yeah, tank and get the first round draft pick. <laughs> first round draft pick for the 2020 uh, summer box I, office. They should put out when they put out the Blu-ray or the Disney Plus cut. Sh- they should put out a cut that's like full of glitches <laughs> that animals are like floating in the air. Simba <laughs> has like a phantom limb that's just like phasing <laughs> in and out. Timon and Pumbaa have like five heads like, yeah. morphing so, in and out of each other. That would make it so much more fun. Yeah. I'd be yeah. all in on That'd it. Be better. Release the glitch cut. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, this was the Orlando Magic in 2018 I, playoffs. I I think this is closer to the Phoenix Suns well, of movies. Yeah, it, I guess it's closer <laughs> to like the the Wizards because they also did spend all the money on this movie. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so it's like this is a dead end. Like this isn't yeah. going it's anywhere. Like, no, it's like the Heat last year. We're like, you know, they're not yeah. going anywhere. They have they spent so much money, but their ceiling is still a seven. You know, like I think that, that was this movie. I uh, Before, I don't know. I try and judge things. I'm trying to judge this as a piece of film and not part of the property that it's attached to so like here's a fun game so let's pretend the 94 lion king does not exist would you like this movie more oof that, i think that's no. a good question i think that i think i might like it less than i even do now because i still have like the nostalgia bump yeah that it's working both ways it's working both as a positive or a negative but if the original Lion King didn't exist. I saw this. I'd be like, that was visually cool, but it was boring and the songs weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because there were moments in this new one where I hated seeing it because I 
was thinking it was just so much worse than the original. But then there were other moments that I was just reminded. It's that same reminder nostalgia. And in like in one scenario, I'm thinking like, oh, this sucks in comparison. And in other scenarios, I'm just like I'm reminded of it. So I like it. Because yeah, I'm watching it, something it really that's reminded me of the nostalgia bump works both ways. <laughs> yeah. I feel like critically, they more focused on the negative side of nostalgia, where I can see it both ways. If the original one didn't exist, though, then I still think this would be a bad movie. Mm. Like it doesn't change the well, movie. Well, we might just have not seen it. <laughs> we I did want to see it because it's Disney. Before and it, we have a movie podcast, before yeah, but like we, more people would just not see it. Before we wrap up, I did want to shout out Hans Zimmer who pretty much does the same thing he did uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago with uh, his original soundtrack. He took but the songs and he slowed the tempo down a little bit. I love the music in here. There's like flutes and like choirs and stuff. And it, it's it's very African, but it's also just very... Uh, uh, it, it gets it gets in the feels. It was great. And Elton you John. Know? Elton John wrote all the music to the original yeah, Lion King. Course. And he knows how to... Did they even tell him they were remaking it? He was probably too busy on that. No, he actually... He just got a check in the mail for a billion dollars. You didn't didn't sit through the end credits and listen to the Elton John Beyonce original song? Oh. It's not good. I left right when it ended. (laughs) Thank you very much. I don't actually think that I saw the whole movie. Um... Yeah, ultimately this movie was doomed to be mediocre, I think. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right. It was well, it did not just jokes, jokes on us. Yeah, yeah, it is. The movie did not justify its existence, nor did anyone think it would. Yeah. So this why was did we probably see it? Who this knows? was the worst final shot of any Disney movie ever where it's just raining and dark and bleak and they just comes up to the top and roars and everything looks the same no, and then it's the Lion King. No, that's not the last shot. I guess it, then it's him it's having a little baby. epilogue, yeah. Oh man, so we're gonna see the live action Lion King one and a half and Lion King. I fucking <laughs> hope so. Yeah, Lion King. He one. lives in you. They're gonna get Jonah Hill to do the mystery science aspect of that. Oh no. Alright, I think we should wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. Um, let us know what you thought of Disney's The Lion King. Let us know what you thought of the 94 version. Don't let us know what you thought of this one. I, mean, I don't care. Let us know if you think that we're wrong and that we're just like so pessimistic and cynical about society yeah. that we can't appreciate art anymore. To be fair, I did see the Cats trailer before this movie, so Cats has since ruined all culture for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, stay tuned for our review of Cats coming at you later this year. Also... Uh, here's a little tidbit. There's a little movie coming to the Enzion called The Farewell coming out next week. Going to try because, to catch that. Yeah. Um, we got, Still need to see Wild Rose before that leaves. Yeah, we got Ketchup coming at you. We got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino. Um, also, we talked a lot about the San Diego Comic-Con in our next episode in a couple days. So make sure you listen to that. All the Marvel news that dropped. Uh, thanks, guys. Hunter, Drew, thanks for coming on to right. the show every week. Yeah. Happy yeah. to have you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And, and any anything to add? This was a bit of a, a sloggy week. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what we had to talk about, but it's all right. Things are looking up. I've I have a bank of segments for us to do. Yes. Next time there's another one of these movies, we are not watching it. We we're nearing the end of summer, so um, 
Summer Movie Wager is going to wrap up, and then we're going to have some some extra time to play with. I'll run with some more game shows. I'm, I'm tired of movies. I need something to spice up my life. Who knows, yeah. though? Now I'm Twitter famous, so I might not even be on next week. Follow us all up. on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, at uh, We Bought a Mic, and all those links are below. Please tell your friends about the show. Recommend us. Keep spreading the word. Uh, we've been getting a lot of good feedback lately, but it's always good to have more. And if you would like to guest on the show, you can DM us on Twitter at We Bought a Mic or just send me a message or any one of us. We'd be happy to have anyone to, to talk about anything that's coming out in the world of uh, pop culture. Uh, pop culture podcasts of the jungle, of the savannah, of the sing song, large furniture. And on that note, thanks for listening. Be prepared. Bye-bye. It means no 